standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. Coming to you on December 1st, 2022, episode 314. We're going to do a little throwdown on a Thursday. But before we get into that, let me just remind you that you can help me help you help the cause by share, subscribe, comment, and share some more. Every little bit helps. Subscriptions are great. Comments are great. And the podcast has its own URL. Please use it. Uh, get the get the uh, website out there. Every subscription helps. We've got to get this up and build it out. We've got to make uh, some more momentum. We are, we're back on track. We're uh, hitting up on 55K already. And uh, we're trying to make up for some lost speed that we got at the first part of uh, November. All right, here we go. Highlights. Still think elections are clean. Still trust the government. Still trust doctors. Still trust teachers. And yes, they are all questions. And as I have said many, many times before, Everything that I have said is an opinion based upon my understanding of the facts. And if you think I've got it wrong, feel free to tell me. You can send me a text, an email, or a comment on the show. Away we go. All right. So in case you uh, were wondering, um, Maricopa County still has a problem. There's, a, there's at least two other counties in Arizona that have problems. At least, well, let me rephrase it this way. Between one-third and two-thirds of all the ballot machines in Maricopa County had problems. Just the vast majority of them coincidentally happened to be in the Republican areas of the county. Yet, we're supposed to believe that both the senator and the governor, who were far more well-known and popular than their opponents, lost. Meanwhile, their Republican colleague, a little bit further down the uh, ballot received more votes than anyone else. How does that work in Arizona? How you can just stand by and let this happen is beyond me. Transferring over to Georgia, allegedly the largest turnout for the first day of early voting ever has occurred by what I would only call as two second or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two second round candidates, right? If if the best we could come up of to run and represent for the Republican and Democrat parties, respectively, were Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, what does that say about the parties? What does that say about Georgia? What does it say about these United States? And in case you're wondering, yeah, they uh, still are uncovering some of the fraud that took place in Pennsylvania. Hey, but don't worry, Dr. Oz has already given up. In other news, Nevada is still run by the, (laughs) I hate to call it the mob, let's just say a mob. (laughs) They might just be union people, who knows, but there hasn't been a clean election there in several decades. Surprise, surprise. So again, I ask you. Do you think we have nice, clean elections? Do you think we have free and fair elections? I'm just curious. Because if you do, 
Perhaps I should sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. Interestingly enough, the state that allegedly has cleaned up the voter situation the most has shifted hard red. Notice I said hard red, not hard right. For those of you who are concerned or curious, I really like DeSantis as a governor. I think he's an excellent governor. I don't think I want him to be the president. I wish that every other governor would be half as effective and, quite frankly, nearly as gutsy as Mr. DeSantis down in Florida is. But if he ceases to be the governor, we have no benchmark which to hold up all the other lackluster governors. But again, do you still trust the government? Okay, let me just say that uh, our government is apparently okay with drilling for oil in Venezuela, but not in Alaska and not in the continental United States. Apparently, our government is a-okay with firing back up the Nord Stream 2, but, you know, we can't have our own pipelines. It was important to shut down the tar sands from Canada. We wouldn't want that coming down here, the XL pipeline, for those of you who are not following along. Apparently, it is perfectly okay for um, China to use slave labor to build batteries to power cars, but, you know, we can't refine oil in our own country. Apparently, we are still supposed to be punished for the events of over 150 years ago, and somehow that is a uh, forebear of still racism when, in fact, most of the monuments that they have torn down were just great works of art celebrating um, fabled heroes of the past. Whether they were your hero or not is largely irrelevant. It is a historical fact. But again... The question is, do you trust the government? The government is still trying to tell you that masks are helpful and that you need more vaccines. And, oh, by the way, uh, you should trust us and follow the science. And there's only a few dozen memes that respond to that. My favorite one at the moment is, I tried to follow the science, but it went nowhere until I followed the money and then I found the science. I really don't understand why we still have this misplaced faith in the government. We know they lied us into every military altercation, at least since World War. Oh, wait. No, the Spanish American. No. Civil. Well, at least since the Revolutionary War, we really don't have any uh, military altercation that we've been in that the government didn't lie and manipulate us to get us into. And some could probably even rightfully say that that happened with our own Revolutionary War. Be that as it may, we still haven't learned the lesson. Government tells us things are safe that we then find out are unsafe. Government maintains things are unsafe that we then later find out, well, that is actually safe and healthy. Looking at eggs and butter there in case you're wondering. Is it any wonder that a good number of people question everything that we see and we hear? 
again, an irony of irony is the boomer generation, when they were half my age, ran around with a mantra not to trust anyone over the age of 30. And now they act as if you shouldn't trust anybody unless they have a government job. How does that work? How are we better off? And for those of you that think that Sleepy Creepy Joe is actually running the United States government at the executive level, are you even paying attention? And for those of you curious, um, no, a good number of the things that are bad that are happening um, aren't necessarily Sleepy Creepy Joe's fault, but he's only making them worse. He's exacerbating the existing situation. And lest you find that I'm being unfair, let me reconsider or recall a conversation I overheard when I took my daughter to go get her haircut this last weekend. It apparently is the problem in our country that there are all these crazy people that deny the election. Yes, apparently they're confused and they just won't accept the fact that they lost. He mentions Carrie Lake by name. And... Well, we know that they lost because, well, the vote said so. Even though we don't have an accurate vote and they didn't follow the rules. But, you know, they're just in denial. Meanwhile, the same gentleman refers to how none of the things that are going on are Sleepy Creepy Joe's fault that they were from policies that predate him. Well, actually, he's not entirely wrong about this. That... Some of the COVID uh, abuses and powers that were invoked were indeed in place when the previous president, the Donald, was in power. However, he left most of it up to the states and he let Congress come up with the enormous sums of money that they were going to waste on stimulus. He could have fought or fought them. He, He could have made more of a fight of it, but he really didn't for reasons that escape me. But Sleepy Creepy Joe has not repudiated these measures. In fact, he's doubled down on them and made them even more problematic. So to say that it's not his fault is, again, not entirely accurate either. The same gentleman whom I don't know, and I had to thoroughly bite my tongue so as to not rebuke him. Um, We're in a public place and people should be able to speak privately without being fearful of being overheard, but I will say that I felt that this gentleman was projecting just a tad much. My wife has often pointed out that I am known to do this from time to time as well when we are in mixed company, as if that I'm antagonizing people. And I just say, what, me? Never. (laughs) So I didn't take the bait, but I got to say, I don't think I'm so dismissive of people that I disagree with. I don't really think that anybody that I ally with is so dismissive. I try to be objective and I try to be fair to people that I disagree with all the time. Because generally people on the right side of the aisle attempt to do that. We're not all good at it and some of us are more committed to that than others. But we don't automatically dismiss somebody because they don't agree with us on everything. Because if that was the case, we would never get anything done. Which again, all boils down to, do you still trust the government? And while we're on the subject of people that 
we give inordinate amounts of trust to that maybe, just maybe, don't deserve it anymore, let us consider doctors. Now, I am not going to condemn all doctors because that wouldn't be fair. But I will point point out that I'm going to use a broad brush and I'm going to generalize a whole heck of a lot. And all I'll say is if this is not you, then I'm not talking about you. And yes, I know not all doctors are like that. So here we go. Doctors carried the water. They towed the line. Some out of threat or fear that they would lose their license. Some were concerned about their income and their livelihoods. I can respect that. But you forcibly convinced people to take treatments which were not medically advisable under other circumstances. And you often withheld treatments that were known to be helpful and deprived people of care. Now, I'm not sure how that isn't a violation of the Hippocratic Oath, but from what I've been told is, all doctors don't take the Hippocratic Oath anymore. And that's an interesting thing. So, again, I ask, who are those doctors working for? Are they working for their patients? Are they working for the health corps organization? Are they working for the business that they've started? Are they working for the government? I don't know. But I think somewhere along the line, it got lost that they were supposed to respect the patients. They were supposed to do what was best for the patient. And I wonder just a little bit if some of this could be traced back to the idea that we now force doctors to be trained to destroy infants in the womb. Oh, we've been doing this for years, you may say. But yes, you used to be able to opt out of it. But my understanding is, is you really can't anymore. And while we're on the topic of destroying babies in the womb, let us also reconsider the fact that it is now a big business to destroy healthy bodies of young boys and young girls. Because, you know, they might be going through some kind of mental challenges or psychological breaks, or perhaps they just have abusive parents that say, well, my he is going to be a she and my she is going to be a he. And we don't pause to consider, well, maybe this isn't best to do this to minor children. Now, if you're 18 or 19 years old and you really have a desire to mutilate your body, I'm not going to stand in your way. But I also don't think I should have to pay for it, which is another quandary altogether. Yet, if we are to believe what we're told and follow the science, this is all acceptable in moral behavior and that doctors should have no problem doing this. And quite frankly, that Hippocratic oath, well, that's just a silly old thing from the past. And we do what we do to get paid and take care of our family, which I got to be honest, I understand that to a certain degree. But if you're willing to kill babies in the womb and mutilate healthy bodies, are you really still a doctor? inquiring minds want to know do you still trust the doctors hmm good question and while we're on the topic let me just throw in a little bit of a personal aside i'm i'm going to leave out the majority of the details because quite frankly i know just enough about this that it bothers me and if i was able to get all the details i might feel the need to react in such a way that would be less than Christian-like. 
But suffice it to say, it is my understanding that, oh, in the mid-70s, my mother went under some treatment. And the doctor gave her some drugs, some interactive drugs. Then in the process of utilizing that, destroyed my mother's liver. Now, I don't know what the consent laws were back in the mid-70s, and I don't know whether or not informed consent was even a thing. But what I do know is, for almost the entire childhood and most of my young adult years, and quite frankly, most of my adult years before my mother actually eventually died, she had phantom illnesses for the way I could look at it. And I got to say, I... I kind of struggled with the idea that maybe there was really nothing wrong with my mother. Maybe it was in her head. Because we never really knew what went on. We never understood that there was an underlying issue because it just wasn't really talked about. It was something that my parents kept to themselves and maybe they didn't even fully understand the full ramifications about a drug indication or interaction, if you will from the mid-70s, had caused a cirrhosis-type degeneration of the liver to the point that she couldn't process certain enzymes and foods and created all sorts of problems that had various symptoms and problematic um, displays, if you will, for the rest of her life. Now, the interesting thing is, you can slip and fall in a grocery store and get a half a million dollars for a lawsuit settlement. You can sue from getting hit by a truck because, well, you know, they have money. But you can be a doctor in the state of Wisconsin and apparently destroy a person's life and nothing happens. Oh, and the most interesting thing that I found out about this, and and again, this goes back some time. I might have been in my mid-30s when this was revealed to me. And again, I didn't get all the details. And quite frankly, I'm a little grateful for that because, as I said, I might act out in an uh, unchristian-like manner. Apparently, the state of Wisconsin knew about this since it originally happened. And they tracked my mother. And they followed up to see what was going on. And they kept tabs on it. Now, that's all well and good. You think that uh, maybe they were looking to see what the negative effects were. Maybe they were going to acknowledge that they were at least at part in fault. And they were going to, I don't know, cover some of those expenses, reimburse, I don't know, punish the doctor for, I don't know, causing irreparable harm. Um, something, but no, no, they were just, they were just following along to see what the eventual outcome was. So you'll forgive me if I don't get the warm bubblies when somebody says, well, you should trust the doctor, you should trust the science or God forbid you should trust the government. And that's just, you know, a small thing in in my life and, you know, and I've left as many details out as necessary because I don't know the whole story and I don't need to know the whole story. But what I do know is there was no recourse. You see, when government makes a mistake, when government 
causes a problem, there's very little that can be done. And I'm not sure that the appropriate thing was to string up the doctor. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that. But they carry insurance. There's some liability there. There's a lifetime of medical bills and problems that probably should have been taken care of. But instead, oh no, that weighed upon my father and our family for the majority of my life. So I, I just, you gotta, you gotta wonder how that works. So no, there's a big challenge there. And just as a final aside, do you still trust the educators? Well, we could rephrase that as, do you still trust the teachers? I've talked about this time and time again, and I have no ill will towards the teachers or the profession as a whole. But I got to wonder, at what point do they get held liable for not being willing to speak out, for not being willing to say, no, this is wrong, for not being willing to say that, I need a job, but not at this cost. I'm not going to warp these young children. I'm not going to twist some, you know, middle school student up in knots. I'm not going to push my ideology, whatever it may be, down the throats of some young unsuspecting students. At what point am I going to have the wisdom to say, yes, uh, it's important that they should know their history, warts and all, but I'm not going to put out this socialistic tripe at what point do we choose to quit giving them a free pass i don't know where that is but you can't give them absolute trust you know if you were to ask me 20 years ago i said yeah you know maybe there's 10 percent or 15 percent of teachers that are just trash i mean if you look at the bell curve it's inevitable right i mean you're gonna have two-thirds that are good and um, I don't know, a quarter that's less than stellar, <laughs> right? And uh, what does that leave you with? Uh, five twelfths, uh, ten twelfths, so two, or one fifth, I guess. <laughs> I'm doing math in my head again. I'm going to get myself in trouble. A minority that is trash and needs to be dealt away with. But I'm not sure I feel that way anymore. I mean, even some of the good quality teachers, they just go along with the curriculum or the praxis, if you will, hook, line, and sinker. They don't question anything. They don't feel as if it's their responsibility to make sure the next generation actually learns something that's useful. And then when you question them or you ask them about it, they act offended. And they act as if they themselves are being attacked and that they're a victim. Well, I would suggest to you that, yeah, maybe some of them are, but more often than not, it's our children and our grandchildren that are the victims of the malpractice of education. When you spend time selling an ideological tilt or a want to choose my words carefully here. Um, let's just go with a simple one. A socialistic tendency, a uh, 
<laughs> really trying to bite my tongue here. When, when you're warping young people's minds, we'll just go with that. At what point do you cease to say, you know what? I understand you thought you had to do that in order to keep your job or you thought it was maybe the appropriate thing. But when you see the outcome, when you see the problems, when you see what's going on firsthand, at what point do you just say, this is madness and we need to stop? This shouldn't go on. There are problems here. At what point do you have to take responsibility for what you're participating in? At what time can we say, yeah, you knew at this point this was a problem. Now I know there's teachers associations and teachers unions and they advocate and and I think all good teachers should be paid a good wage and they should be treated well because it is a quote unquote noble profession. It's a calling for some. They are professionals and they should be treated as such. But if they're going to treat our children like guinea pigs, if they're going to <clears throat> mold our children, they should be held accountable for what they're doing. And if they're not smart enough to figure out what they're participating in, maybe they ought not be educators any longer. Something's rotten within the system. The Prussian model was never designed to build free thinkers. It was never designed to encourage individualism. It was never designed to have an outcome where people could think outside the box or problem solve. No, the Prussian system was designed to create good little soldiers. It was later tweaked to create good little factory workers. I think now it'd be safe to say is it's been modified even further still to put out sheep and cattle. Or perhaps worse yet, domesticated dogs. Teach people to be obedient, subservient, loyal to a fault. To be utterly dependent upon their masters. And we wonder what's happened. And we wonder why the younger generations tilt left. Why they have such a deep progressive understanding of the world around them. We don't know how it happened. But we do know. We just have to have the courage to acknowledge that we trusted the government. We trusted the medical establishment. We trusted the educational <laughs> complex. And now we are suffering from our undeserved trust in these organizations, in these little mini empires, these fiefdoms. We are now suffering the consequences. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know how we recover that. Now the uh, good Christian upbringing I had would say, well, if you pray about it, if you bring the, the truth to people, they'll see it for what it is. 
and we can all be redeemed. Well, I believe that's true. But there are a large portion of our population that has no desire to be redeemed, has no interest in being, for lack of a better word, re-educated. It has no desire to know the truth. So therefore, in my humble opinion, it can never be free. To end in an up note, if you will, the uh, book that I'm just about wrapping up is called The Benedict Option. I mentioned that in uh, passing as the next book in uh, 313. One of my key takeaways is the idea that we're going to have to educate our own. We're going to have to make sure that our next generations understand there is a right and a wrong. There is a good and an evil. There is a right way to do things. And there's a wrong way to do things. We're going to have to find a way to do that. Notwithstanding the pressures of our government, our society, or the entire world around us. But I think it can be done. I think I'm going to look at pushing that idea. I think I'm going to look at how can we best accomplish that with the ability to hold the ground we have now. This is a cohesive idea or set of ideas. It is a way forward. I don't claim it to be a panacea. I don't believe there are any panaceas. But it is a functional thing that we can be working on right now. So before I part ways for the day, let me just say that I enjoy doing this. I do my level best to come up with something new each and every day I make an episode. And... I'm always looking for interesting things, particularly local to here in uh, McKinney or Collin County or Texas. As your local voice of liberty, I will keep on keeping on. And I appreciate all the time and effort you all out there put in listening to me. If you go pay a visit to my Facebook group, uh, you can comment there if you don't want to comment on the show. It is according to Callus. And I do appreciate all that we can do together if we will just work together. Until then, I'll see you on the other side.